0: This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition with Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Weekends with Walshie starts now.
1: Yes, it does. Hello and welcome. This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition, also known as Weekends with Walshie. My name is Peter Gowers. I'd like to introduce now my special guest, all the way from the NT Independent Online newspaper. It's the editor, Chris Walsh. Walshie, how are you, mate?
0: Hey, I'm good, Pete. Good to see you again this week.
1: It's good to see you too, my friend. You enjoying the uh, sweltering beginnings of the build-up?
0: I am, I am. <laughs> so we were issued a warning. You know, yeah. I think Territorians take that with a grain of salt. And, uh, yeah, okay. It's going to be I, odd, huh?
1: I think they take that with an extra order at the bottle shop, don't they, usually? <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: that's what I mean, the salt around the rim of the margarita glass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is but, exactly uh, right.
0: Yeah, because it has has been sticky, and uh, apparently mm. it's going to stay that way for a while. But hey, what do we expect? It's October? Exactly.
1: Our... It's all part of the charm, my friend.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Now, listen, I wanted to talk to you about something. Uh, I got a message through the week via our um, Spotify subscription where our commenters or where listeners can make comments, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a really interesting comment from a fellow by the name of Phil. So thanks, Phil, for commenting. And anybody else that wants to go to Spotify and uh, make comments, you can. And, and we'll be more than happy to share the feedback, as long as it's positive or constructive. Chris. Phil says, good episode again. Answer this. The NT government does not recognize you guys as a proper newspaper. I guess he's talking to you, Chris, not us. Mm. Hence the question arises, does the NT independent recognize the chief minister and co being a proper government?
0: (laughs) It's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) yeah unfortunately <laughs> i think we have to <laughs> jeez man like god oh, that's a great question um i like yeah. it yeah look i think that they followed the rules we're not going to overturn the 2020 election or yes. anything but uh and i mean jesus who do we got as an alternative anyway it's bad right
1: that's I, the problem that, yeah
0: yeah, we'd be doing this no matter what, right? And, uh, you know, I put in those our years when the CLP was in power here, and we uh, mm. held them accountable when I was at the NT News. And then... um uh yeah, and then this when Gunnar got elected and all of this, and then it's just become a shambles here, though. And I mean, the whole thing is just really falling apart. And we'll get into more stories this week that, that, that yeah. illustrate that point. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question whether we, I wonder if we all recognize Faz. I mean, she taken that role with yeah. the responsibility that comes with it at times, yeah. right? Like, she is shirking responsibility a lot of times for the problems here Absolutely. Uh, that her government hasn't been able to fix or even address to anyone's standard. I mean, we're just saying you can't keep people safe on the streets. You can't educate them properly. You can't keep them safe in their homes. You can't educate. You can't, uh, you know, provide adequate health care at times. Um, yeah. You know, these are serious problems that, yeah, we we should be questioning the legitimacy uh, of a government that can't perform its basic functions like that.
1: Good point. And and in, you know, further to that, I was probably a bit tongue-in-cheek there from film. We appreciate a good (laughs) tongue-in-cheek joke at the best of times. But I wonder whether we can question uh, the competency, Mm -hmm. whether we... Whether we question the legitimacy or not, that's one thing. But the competency, yeah. when, you, when you look at the sum total of the performance, the competency is at an all-time low.
0: Yeah, well, look, this is what we've inherited here, I guess, is, is this group of people who, as I pointed out in an editorial recently, um, you know, have a, and I was being kind, have a limited <laughs> skill set. You know, it used to be days gone by that you'd have uh, lawyers, doctors, uh, successful business people all, you know, probably done that kind of life and then wanting to get into public service to get back to the community
2: mm. instead.
0: I mean, and this is true everywhere in the country and, and elsewhere as well, but we're, right. we're getting just inundated by these career politicians who yep. n- know nothing and come in and get directed by public servants who also know nothing and um,
1: yeah.
0: have no life experience and no real experience in managing things. So, you know, like these people, like, you know, Files, uh, and we know her background is not very impressive. I mean, I'd direct people to that National Press Club bio mm. that they ran. I, that was a sad, sad bi- bio of her where it said something like that. She was a swim teacher and that's it. Um and so yeah. we put these people in charge of, of, of well, what they want to be, a $40 billion economy, yeah. uh, which is now, what, 26 or something, um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, uh, problematic because they, they're, they're inheriting all this money, and we'll get into that later, too, but some comments about failed state and whatever, but they're the ones giving the money, and they decide where it goes. Billions of dollars from the rest of the country come here.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: It's unbelievable when you think about how reckless it is. But, look, this is our democracy, I guess, since people voted and it's all happened. Um, well, we've all voted and, you know, they've run. Um,
1: the tribe has spoken.
0: Uh, it's just uh, we need a better class of politician here for sure. I don't know how we're going to get that, um, yeah. that experience and those good people, but we need them.
1: The comment that was made some time ago which echoes in through my brain every time we have this conversation is we need some people such as you mentioned before who are prepared to step down for a while to do these types of roles. Yeah. Those that are stepping up need not apply.
2: <laughs> Good
0: point, Pete. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, look, that brings me to a bit of a major announcement that uh, we're going to make on this episode. And <laughs> you know, we were very chuffed just uh, to be involved from a, a vicarious point of view with your multiple award winnings of the NT media awards in recent years, but made a, a, a I think the tip of the lid as they say to you guys who've um, been nominated for a major major journalism award and that is uh, a Walkley award which is just yeah. unbelievable and off the back of Phil's comment it uh it means that there's some pretty major players who know the NT independent are legitimate
0: yeah and who recognize us as 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 leading um you know, journalists and then doing a lot for the community. So this is like just tonight now, Pete. You know, I was uh, cooking dinner with my wife and we saw the email come in. And uh, yeah, it's, um, look, the NT Independent is nominated for uh, the Walkley Award for uh, all media. So we were up against television, radio, everybody. Yep. Um, coverage of community and regional affairs. This is for our... Um, <laughs> Expose our our uh, special investigation into well, that was titled, and you can see it on our website. And it's there's still fatal failures behind the scenes of the Zach Rolfe affair. <laughs> now, that, um, again is uh, still pretty poignant and coming up. Uh, and we'll get into that in a bit, but essentially, what this uh series did that, that David Wood and I put together and investigated and wrote was um, those documents from behind the scenes that we had got before anybody else that we had obtained, that we went through, um, that we were revealing just shocking uh, failures, right, on the part of the anti-police to control, you know, what happened that night. It's all the failures of that, and I've said this before, you know, that what happened to put Rolf into that room with Kuman Jai Walker when the shooting happened, when he was stabbed and then Walker was shot. Um, and, and there's so many failures from so many different people. And, uh, you know, we were able to get inside all of that stuff and report stuff that nobody else had on that. It's good that the, the Walkley foundation has recognized the uh, lengths that we went to. Um, and you know, the other part of this beat that they recognized as well was, uh, uh, the the intimidation that was put on us, the uh, threats of holding us in contempt of court. Remember last year we were on Media Watch and they were saying, oh, well, you're going to be held in contempt of court and, and Walsh is going to jail, I think Paul Berry said something. <laughs> those lines in a way. Paul, oh, come on dude still uh, yeah I assure you my man I'm not going to jail and we've got pretty good legal advice here and we've done what's right and uh look we we never shied away from that but we know like we know that the police were doing all kinds of stuff to try and intimidate us um, you know uh, investigating us they put us under investigation because we were exposing this stuff um we never shot away from that you know we never back down because you just can't do that you can't let the bastard win until everything you know everything needs to come out and then let's sort it out and go from there and we're still kind of in the process of digging it Digging it all out, um, and God knows with this inquest what's going to happen because my God, my absolute God, we'll get into that soon. But um, look, I don't think that that's functioning the way I think that's a fair comment to make that that inquest isn't functioning the way in which people expect it to. um, And that's to uncover everything. Sure, there were racist texts, it's deplorable, it shouldn't have happened. Nobody should be thinking of writing things like that. I mean, especially when you're police officers, but um, let's also look at the entirety of this because there's a lot of failures from a lot of different people and there were a lot of bad things that happened in Uendamu and there were a lot of bad things that happened you know after the shooting where police didn't do things that they should have done they lied to the family you know this this is all an all-encompassing kind of series of stories that we did and we showed it from all sides here we're not taking anyone's particular side we're just showing the facts and now it just so happens one of the most compelling pieces of this story was what happened inside that investigation into Rolf and you could see we knew it was weird when the charges were laid quick but then look we have documents that show and it finally all came out after we reported on it that um, you know they were they were changing evidence essentially they were relying on people that even the dpp said do not rely on and that was their star witness it was this guy been discredited Who a conflicts of interest who, who was laughed at a court when they finally put him up on the stand mm-hmm. but who they used and another guy to get the uh, trial to even go ahead i mean it was crazy the amount of money that was wasted on all of that and and the fact that you know a man who um who the jury found quite quickly was defending himself and his partner and following his training. He could have gone to jail for something that, that that he shouldn't have gone to jail for. Um, But look, and then we understand the hurt that happened in in New after that, we've reported on that as well. and, And, and how some police lied to the family and just were not straightforward. So, um, Look, it was a difficult situation, um, and yeah, it's 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 good to be recognized. Of course, we don't do it for rewards; we do it for so the public knows what's going on. Yeah. So we can yep. at least have a say in what's right is right, kind of thing. And look, you know, all of this certainly played a role in the demise of Jamie Chalker. I don't think we can, you know, we're exaggerating anything there. Um, mm-hmm. All of this stuff coming out eventually got to that so look it's 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 great to be recognized uh by the walkley foundation for that and i um yeah and we'll, we'll we'll head down to sydney and uh we'll have a few beers that night and night see what happens but uh but look man it's been so hard and you know starting a, a paper and everything that we've had to go through and we appreciate your support with everything like you were saying but to come on and talk about this is really good i think for for everybody for the public as well um So, yeah, we appreciate your support in all of this. And um, Yeah, let's see what happens here. Um, Yeah, you know how hard it is. It is just good to kind of get that recognition sometimes, even though, you know, we want to do it for everybody. It is good that they're saying that. And now I think, like, Files is going to... Well, we'll go to her for comment on this, So How is it that a a publication that reports misinformation as a blog site and whose editor is unprofessional, how does that... uh, how does that get nominated for a Walkley Award? Dad? Exactly. Well, yeah. we'll let you know what she says, Pete.
1: Maybe send her <laughs> Phil's comment as well while you're there. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's it. I think it all comes back around. We'll be determining whether or not she's legitimate. In, yeah, exactly. Uh, but 10 months or so. So
1: That's mm-hmm. exactly right. All right, let's get on to the first story for this episode, Chris. And I, I've, I reckon I must have said 10 times now, this is the gift that keeps on giving. But uh, the government refuses to explain the secret fire upgrades at TIO Stadium after previously claiming it was safe.
0: This is this is the whole thing, and we know this fiasco with TIO and what's going on. But 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 here's the thing, Pete. This is when people are like, "Oh well, we, you know, it's all come out." Well, no, it really has, not the government has not acknowledged. Yes, it's come out because we've broken stories with engineers' reports, and we've had the FOI or obtained through FOI laws, I should say. Um, and then we've revealed what the problems were. The government has never said what the problems are at this place. In fact, the government has lied to the public repeatedly. And I, you know, and so here's what happens this week. We get tipped off that there's some water tanks been erected on the ground, so TIO stated. Oh, well, we didn't think that that was needed. I mean, the last we heard, you had Eva Lawler saying it's safe. Don't worry about it. You yeah,
1: had, come down to the grand final.
0: <laughs> yeah well and i still think she's in trouble for that but then when they got down to the grand final remember they then they then cut the uh the alarm system yes from sending any signal now this has still never been explained why the hell
2: yeah the government
0: officials there cut the, the alarm so disabled it so that if if a fire happened somebody had pulled something nothing would have happened it wouldn't have yeah. gone to fire emergency services mm. but, um <clears throat> Yeah, you know, look, there, there were just so many problems, and uh, and uh, uh, but they haven't admitted it. And so somebody said, well, they're, they're building this. So now we find out, we check it out, we find from the government permit site here, uh, building permit registered, that um, there was a permit issued on August 1st for rectification works. Now, this involves uh, these tanks that were put in there, fire pumps, constructing uh, four additional fire hydrants and other associated works. Now I just you you go back to what was said last June by uh, Andy Kirkman over there at Diple. Now not just this past June, but in June 22, we didn't know where he was last year. Remember this year at estimates, <laughs> where is he? Yeah, and but... Eva lost her temper. Anyway, so but he's back now. he don't tell you he's back now. Yeah, we get reports about that, so we sent Did him. Questions. I to
1: ask where is Andy anymore?
0: Have you seen Andy? Uh, Look, we, we sent him questions this week about this because Kirkman claimed last June that consultants and the NT Fire and Rescue Service told him that the water pressure at the stadium has been above Australian standards and that there was capacity at the facility to fight fires. Now, he claimed this after rank-and-file firefighters had warned that the building did not have the records of water pressure to protect against the fire. But he got up in estimates and he just said that. Now, this is it. So he refused to explain yesterday why the government would be secretly installing new fire pumps, fire hydrants, and water tanks if the water pressure was above national standards.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fair question.
0: That's just what it comes down to here. Now, the other part of this is clearly the government wants to keep this secret. Now, one is because of that, they knew that it wasn't safe and they repeated. I've found so many stories, so many instances of when, you know, either Lawler or Kirkman or an unnamed spokesperson in other media like they like to do said it's safe but offered no proof and never really commented on the, the engineer's reports that brought this up and in fact mm. said that it was a, a risk to life and safety that the, the water pressure wasn't up and so now they're fixing it but here's the thing they don't want you to know about that because it will contradict what they had said before now the other thing is they didn't put this out to public tender
1: right. now
0: typically for these works you would do that because yeah, you yeah. want to get the best value for territory as they say and um they, you know, look, even they put it out to public tender when they brought in, this is part of the delays, they brought in this company that had screwed it up the first time, this whole fire hydrant system in there. They had designed it, another company installed it. Then the engineers report found it was inadequate and wasn't meeting national standards. So they turned around and hired the same company that designed it to fix it with a whole new contract to come in. And then, and then I guess they've come in, that was the last thing we heard about it. And now, um, these works are happening. Now this company also didn't have the necessary permits to do the works. We don't even know who has gone to now, Pete, this contract. Yeah. Now, look, some people estimate it's probably 750,000 bucks. That might even be on the low side for all we know. It could be well over a million. Um, 12 million. <laughs> yeah, it won't be that much. I hope who knows. <laughs> um, but that's it. But they haven't told us exactly who is doing the works now. According to the building permit register, again, the permit was issued, as I said, on August 1st, uh, but here was, this was strange. Dipple was listed as the builder, right? So we don't know. Okay who's the gun done the contracts. Now, there is, under government procurement rules, the, these exemptions, the minister, again, as she's known to exempt mm-hmm. things,
2: yeah, like she's, the, yeah, it, yeah.
0: instead of admitting there was a problem, she just exempted it from needing an occupancy permit at the Iowa mm-hmm. Stadium. She's now, it, it appears, would exempt the department from having to put the tender out to the public uh, to, quote, allow agencies' discretion to dispense with specific requirements whatever the hell that means exactly. The procurement rules also state that building owners can undertake building alterations without issuing a public tender for the works.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So
0: the question there is, but then how are they doing it? But they can't do it themselves. You're not doing are it
1: on of the are they?
0: Not, yeah, well, look, man, we're not understanding this exactly, and they're refusing to comment on this. But look, the department can't do it if they could have done it. Why haven't they done it in the last 20 years, let's say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and they don't know what the problems are. Anyway, so look, and we get back to the ICAC member investigating Lawler in the department in March 2022, it said uh, uh, after Lawler issued that exemption. For the occupancy permit while he was inquiring into the safety issues, so it's unclear where that investigation currently stands. <laughs> we, we know too that you know, and then we get into that other mess of all the other buildings don't have occupancy permits, which I guess they're trying to get through but didn't do anything in 15 months after that was announced.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we still don't know more. It, 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 you know, I the only good news out of this is it looks like it, the building's finally being brought up to code here to, uh,
1: yeah, well,
2: pilot.
0: Yeah, part and and but exactly why they're doing it and then but the question goes back to why did they permit people to enter when they knew it wasn't safe? Why did they stand up in estimates and lie to the public? Why did they on every occasion that they were given and asked about this lie, just straight out lie, refute their own engineering report that they commissioned that said it was unsafe Mm -hmm. this is the stuff this is just reckless this is just irresponsible this is covering up this is what is that deny delay you know cover (laughs) up and accept no responsibility this is what's going on here and now they'll secretly in the dead of night bring it up to code and never admit that there was a problem now this is something icac does need to look into and he did he was when she made that declaration like gazetted the exemption, uh, that's when he said, okay, I better look into this because something's going on here. Well, something's still going on here.
1: Someone's got to look into it, that's for sure.
0: Uh, Well, you know, with riches, he'll probably refer it back to Dipple to investigate, but, uh, (laughs) you know, that's his thing now, and refer it back to the agency.
1: And isn't this the same situation where either someone that did something originally or did something after the fact then had to investigate their own work?
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, this company yeah. Cardinal who yeah,
1: yeah, that's who right.
0: was brought in. So but, but they and then they didn't have the qualifications or the permits to do it themselves. So then they had to bring somebody out, but we don't know we don't know who and, and, and look when you're hiding this from clearly from public scrutiny by not putting it out to public tender. Yeah. There's something going on here and this is a clear cover up that the government doesn't want us to know about. Um and somebody needs to be held accountable, really, Pete. This has gone on for this long, yeah. And they've lied. They've just repeatedly lied to the public about it. They can't get away with it. But hey, CNT. It's so far, I have.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm just. Uh, this has got something akin to a Benny Hill episode written all over it. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see if we get ourselves a result on this one day. Just you know, maybe someone have a look into it. Anyone. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah yeah but look look i think you know and all we can do is report this stuff and so that the public knows but how are you going to vote for a government that lies to you every day mm. about general your general safety and we know well, that with all kinds of things but uh, this we we can show that they are lying they are flat out they've lied to the public and now and we're covering look, it up
1: and i reckon next august is is a real it's a real litmus test for where things are at because, you know, we talked before about we'd, we'd prefer to have some politicians that are stepping down mm-hmm. to this, these roles rather than stepping up. But at the same time, you've got a really clear choice and I'm not telling you one party is better than the other or vice versa, but whoever wins… There's a real clear message being sent. To, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I, and I don't know if it's good or bad either way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't. We don't. We just don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, we get a little more uh, clarity around that closer to the date. And, yeah. and then we can maybe have discussions about that. But uh, look, I would just say this too that, the, uh, you know, when it comes to credibility in government, I, I think credibility is a big part of it. Right. Yeah. And, if, and if, Absolutely. This, if a government is corrupt or a government is lying, uh, you can't yeah. vote for them. In my mind, and I and I think the Territorians would agree with that sentiment that uh, any government that betrays the public trust repeatedly uh, needs to be sent. A Routinely, yeah, um, mm. yeah, almost daily, so, yeah, every week. Mm. Um, the people have to consider that. But look, yeah, I mean, the alternative isn't isn't great either right now. Um, <laughs> it's not. So we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, but we're going to keep yeah. exposing this stuff.
1: Yep, exactly, and um, we'll move on to the next story, which is politically uh, based, but it's slightly more regional, and the Barclay Mayor is in the news again, Chris, having apparently lied about a child in a video that he features in, according to the boy's family.
0: Uh, yes, Jeffrey McLaughlin, the crown prince of the Bar- <laughs> Barclay. <laughs> he yeah, is, uh, he's something... Did you say um, clown or
2: clown, There, clown. <laughs> clown.
0: Clown. Clown. <Prince. laughs> yeah. Um, uh, look, I think you, you heard me last week on what I think of him and what, what's gone on here. But then, lo and behold, something else happened on uh, on the Friday and mm-hmm. uh, after we had spoken. And, uh, look, this thing it, it made national news here. It was picked up by other media uh I believe only the Australian actually gave credit uh, to us breaking the story, which tells you something um, about other media in this town uh, who get jealous when we break stuff and don't want to admit it, but that's okay. Um, look, what, what, what came was that um, uh, David Wood, uh, who broke these stories and has been covering it since and, and done a terrific job uh, was given uh, the, these videos of the mayor of the Berkeley regional council, Jeff McLaughlin on, sitting on top of a child while another man, and this was clearly a young um, indigenous boy, uh, and this other man uh, threatened to kill him, uh, threatened to stomp, stomp on his head, at one point puts his, his boot uh, on the boy's head and pushes down with force. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: in another video, you can see Jeff McLaughlin um, uh, repeating the demands that this guy may keep your effing head down I'll sit on you as effing long as I effing want to was uh, McLaughlin's response to the boy. And, 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 you know, when you see that thing, it was it was like, holy oh, Jesus, like how, you know, how is the mayor of a community doing this? And um, as I mentioned to you, Pete, like the other thing is the police aren't allowed to sit on somebody yeah. that way. And so, you know, we look at that and we think, OK, what's going on here? So we go to him. And Woody Woody calls uh, Jeff McLaughlin He says, look, Jeff, what's going on here? We've got this video. And he says, oh, yeah, well, the kid was uh, breaking into my house. Now, I don't know how likely we are to believe him, but let's assume it's given the benefit of the doubt. I mean, this guy lies. And we're just talking about liars. Look, I'll put it to you like that. (laughs) This guy lies so much he should be in the files labor (laughs) government, okay? That's what I'll say. And... Like I said, go read that editorial about, um, that we did on, uh, the exceptional ever expanding truths of Jeffrey (laughs) McLaughlin, right? Now this guy, and I think people know he's already in trouble for stuff, right? He's already in trouble, one, Mm. um, for complete dysfunction and chaos in his own counsel. And two, he's facing, he's, he's up in court facing two separate drug driving charges, including after the first one, when he, um, Uh, They raided his house and found he was growing plants. So let's get back to his idea that uh, this kid had broken into his thing. And I think he told media too that his house had been broken into 12 times. Well, my question to Jeff would be, how many times did you call the cops, Jeffrey? And secondly, <laughs> wh- what is it about your house that might make yeah. it attractive for, <laughs> for young people who yeah. want to break into
1: it? And haven't you heard of Crimsafe, Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't get the government grant for that, I guess, so he's not going to do it. But Yeah, fair cool. Look, I think that those are valid questions, So, Look, if this guy, and it was reported that the police went there and found that he was cultivating the drugs... Uh, why wouldn't the, 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 the mm. local street toughs be like, hey, you want to go somewhere where we can get something good? Let's go into <laughs> McLaughlin's place. And I'm not defending that. Look, part of his defense was this, that that I did a citizen's arrest. He said the kid broke into my house. I did a citizen's arrest. Turns out it's, uh, you know, we're still trying to get the details. So that's a little further from his house than, than maybe. But uh, what he said was, this is all part of the uh, youth crime epidemic. We're going of now, to be fair, he's gotten some support from from people.
1: Yeah, of course he has.
0: Who yeah. are saying, "Well, look, he got to do. He, he had to do what he had to do. I yep. would do the same thing." You know, some some real tough guys are saying, and would uh, say twelve year olds too? eh? <laughs> well, you know, and and, and that's it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a difficult thing. Except when you're the mayor, you should know this. That you're the mayor in the community yeah. for everybody. And this isn't, this doesn't become personal things. If you know the kid, as it appears, he did know the kid. There are Mm -hmm. other ways to deal with this, including in that facility, that place where he is actually to Pete, from what we understand, uh, the kid really didn't have anywhere to go. There was no need Mm -hmm. for him. Look, all of this will come out in the police investigation. Um, but yeah, this giant man sat on a 12-year-old while this other man threatened to kill him and abused him. They're both screaming and swearing at this kid. Uh, I don't think that that's acceptable for a mayor to be doing. I don't think it's acceptable no. really for anybody. Um, you know, with a child like that, I, I get why people are angry and upset. And it really is a bad situation that we're in where you know we talk about crime on here all the time and and, and what's going on yeah. and what people can do to defend themselves and you call the cops sometimes and they're not even going to show up yeah. but you know the way that that was handled and i think anyone who watches that as an adult and thinks that that's okay. I look. I just I strongly disagree with the way he handled that. I think he could have had the kid standing up. He could have held on to him. There were yeah. all kinds of things he didn't need. Another guy running at him, pretending to punch him or kick him and kick his teeth out. I mean, it started to become like if there was a curb around, I'd be afraid they'd tell the kid to bite the curb. Like <laughs> this kid must have been horrified and terrified.
2: Yeah, yeah. Of what was
0: yeah. going on at the time? Now you know, as much as we want vengeance when when they break into our homes and stuff. This is this isn't the way to do it. You know, you you need to be above that, and especially when you're the leader of that community. Like I said, mm. you're representing everybody. And you know who this kid is. You go to the family, you go to police, you do this right. Now this is where Jeffrey like, got into yeah. some problems, right? Now Jeffrey says that well he put out a statement so he wouldn't talk to Woody that day. He hung up on Woody. And when he said, like, you know, I was Citizens arrest or whatever, broke into my home, and Woody said, "Well, what about the arrests or what about the uh, the assault and the abuse, Jeff?" That was going on, and he hung up the phone just straight away. be
1: needed... connected somehow.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. And what he what he gave him the benefit of the doubt when he texted <laughs> back. But, you know, those tenant Creek lines aren't so trusty. Yeah, that's where he's at, Jeff. Yeah. So. He went back and said, uh, yeah, and will you be resigning? And he said, no, I won't be resigning. Now, it seems that um, that was an issue, whether or not he would resign. Um, He seems to have thought about it. And on Saturday, came out saying, put out a Facebook statement saying, I'm not resigning over this. Um, And then what I did was, within my rights as the mayor. (laughs) he said something like that. It was... (laughs) you know it, okay. it wasn't unmayoral
1: Special, <laughs> Special for the man now.
0: It, yeah, it wasn't unmayoral to be sitting on a 12 year old boy and that's the other thing he said 20 minutes he said that video that you guys had the two videos that whatever the anti-independent had he said um it was actually 20 minutes that might be 45 seconds He said, so. i sat on that kid for 20 minutes <laughs> and it's like dude you're not making this any better for yourself here yeah. and and what
1: is your marrow limit?
0: <laughs> what does he think we think happened in the other 19 minutes or so? <laughs> Was they were just dogging like having fun? Like, this is like crazy. Anyway, Jeff's mind's a little uh, spaced out at times uh, from his hobbies, I guess. But here's what also he said. So, you know, when you put out a statement, maybe leave it at that for a day or two, and then you might have to come back and revisit it. But no, he started talking to everybody else because he likes doing that. Um, and look, people have said he's done some good things, and he, the media seem to love him for some reason. I've talked to media yeah. people. Yeah, like, oh, the
1: local like, paper.
0: <laughs> who was working for him at the council, <laughs> yeah, as the, yeah, um, yeah, the media officer while she was also editor of the paper. But, yeah. um yeah, but other media that I've spoken to, even up there, oh, he does great things for the community and stuff. So he thinks, yo, man, yeah. I know that overall
1: of the community think he does a great job for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and so, you know, we started talking to other media, and what he said in that was, and they said, well, why are you sitting on the kid? And that was, you know, about that time that he came up with the whole story. And uh, he said, um, well, you know, I perform restorative justice and, uh, with the family and um that was what he said and then there were some other lines that uh he said he also said that he um uh was the grandfather he was texting people saying that he was the grandfather Mm. a cultural sense of the child
1: uh family dispute uh,
0: things were getting weird man um now what are you
1: getting weird then well
0: no no yeah well i mean but this is like why and it's yeah i'm the grandfather okay of the family uh the family loved me or something so look but by this point pete (laughs) i started to get into the story now that's been a week but by this point you had national the story was national you had um the national children's commissioner calling for an investigation and him to resign you had another uh, peak indigenous body that uh, that um, advocates for the rights of children, calling for saying that the video was sickening, that he needed to resign. How could an elected official in a community be, be acting like this? You know, you had this pouring on, the pressure was on him. And um, and he just was defiant about it all, saying, no, I'm going to stay. I didn't do anything wrong, because by that point, politically, I guess he thought, well, territorians will excuse this because they're used to being broken into, and wouldn't they all love to do something like this if they could catch mm. a kid who broke into their home? Um, so he's playing this. He's uh, He's kind of, you know, constructed this narrative, this story that he thinks is going to work. He's reaching out to people. He's trying to hold on. Why well, he's trying to hold on to the job? Still, I mean, he should have been removed when he was when he was charged, uh, and then went to court. When
1: to he, the second time.
0: <laughs> well, any time in there, and uh, and then he's. But then when he went to court, right, he was accusing police of conspiring against him and everything. But in this defense that he was given to people, he was telling them that he was working with the police, that he did everything right in the citizen's arrest. Now, this was the story he hadn't concocted when he spoke to Woody on the Friday, but by Saturday it was this. And then it expanded Every mm. with every telling. It got a little bit more exuberant and uh and then again a classic
1: jedi mind trick here chris i know what's going on <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. well look but yeah this guy's a little bit of a burnout here and i don't think anyone was well but look i guess people were buying it anyway uh woody goes and tracks down the family of yeah. the boy <laughs> <laughs> um which is pretty good yeah. here now what they yep. said was no They've refuted the mayor's claims that he undertook restorative justice with them. They said they're angry about other lies he had told the public about the child and the family. Uh, they also rejected claims by McLaughlin that he was the boy's grandfather in a cultural sense and have ca- categorically denied unsubstantiated claims published by the NT News. The 12-year-old boy in the video suffers from FASD. Now, wow. that was crazy. I was telling you that, yeah. that going to tell you about some media stuff going on here. Now, you know, whatever. They don't want to acknowledge that we broke the story. And it's just this video is floating around, which I don't know how they got their video. Um, I'm guessing it was from the government. And, you know, this is really troubling, Pete, on what goes on here. But they, they reported in this story. That this child, without attributing it to anybody, said, ah, the NT News understands the boy has FASD. And then they gave a description of like the symptoms of FASD for some reason. Uh Then, and then it appeared that they gave it to files and said to files, um, what do you think of this boy having fast day? And she says, well, you know, we're working real hard on FASD here. <laughs> no, seriously, Pete, she said, we're working yeah. real hard on that. And, yep. uh, you know, it's a problem. I get people are frustrated. She didn't even condemn McLaughlin for this. Uh, Chancy Paik did the local government minister and justice minister.
1: Yep.
0: Um, files didn't. And and it's like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to win over the tough-on-crime voters here? Is this what this is? <laughs> yeah. uh, but look... I think that we illustrated that perfectly with just a a Facebook post that we had, and it had, it was titled The World uh, Through Files' Eyes, I think, something like that. And it was uh, the photo of her getting the the cream-fresh pie in her face. And her quote on that was something like, this is a violent act, and my face was sore the next day. Mm. And then there's a cross, and then like a split screen, and the other photo is of McLaughlin on the 12-year-old boy. And she said, I saw that video. I get why people are so frustrated.
1: Yeah. Can I also refer to another part of that statement that she made about that um, cream pie or the pancakes, whatever it was. (laughs) After she says she got a fair whack to the face, she then goes on to say that, but I know what's important to Territorians and that's listening and getting back to work. And you sort of compile all those statements together and you think to yourself, is she trying to trick people here into thinking that she's not behind what's causing all this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, hang on, they don't actually want you to keep listening. They want you to bloody do something about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. there's, this, there's almost this sort of posturing that, oh, well, hang on, that's the other side that caused these issues. We're here in full agreement. No one wants this. And yeah. I, I have every sympathy for the poor man whose house got broken into.
2: Hang on,
1: yeah. I just, I found well, this statements troubling.
0: It is, and it all amounts to nothing at the end of the it's day. Like
1: she I mean, disassociate herself from the chaos.
0: Oh, there's complete disassociation going on here. Yeah, cognitively <laughs> baby. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, the, that whole idea with the pie thing still is. She could have dropped that. She could have let that go but she's pursuing it. And then what she said on ABC last week was this was a violent act. And that was the other part of it. It's totally unacceptable. And then she said, but the police are investigating, so I can't comment on it. And then she said it again. She repeated those lines. Yeah. Um, Look, anybody who's looking at that would be like, well, you're the chief minister. And while you say you're not commenting on it, you've just commented
1: twice. Correct.
0: To, to kind of give a tip off to the police that you want charges that, They need to, and the DPP, uh, pursue this at any and all costs. You know, to the point they might have Wayne Newell on the job here, which is the best thing for Susie Milgate. That clown (laughs) comes on board. (laughs) He'll be
2: planting evidence and he'll be planting (laughs) crepes and and fresh fries everywhere.
1: Getting American uh, experts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. from the JFK
0: thing to come in and <laughs> talk about it. Oh, man. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. That would be I, good. I saw her, um... Uh, saw but, you know, her. but she can't,
0: but she can't do
1: that. Sorry, no. Just end that no. Yeah, you're right. You can't say, oh, I yeah, can't talk about it, but it's unacceptable.
0: It's violent. <laughs> it's violent. It was against me. It's unacceptable, but I
2: can't come.
1: And no one's saying, uh, you know, as we said at the time, no one condones what happened. Obviously, it was, uh, you know, a, a really poorly thought out situation, but mm. you can't then go and muddy the waters by commenting but not commenting at the same time
0: yeah and then and then just to bring it back into this case again though and then she sees that and she doesn't condemn that as a violent act. she says i get why people are frustrated and yeah you know it's just that frustration with her i think i think people just lost their minds yeah. when they when we put it like that to them and they said well look yeah it's clear that there's one role for her and one for the rest and
1: yeah um, people are frustrated with you
0: Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I can't and I yeah, and I just don't get why she wouldn't show some leadership here on this too because what McLaughlin's done isn't isn't the right way to handle this at all, it's not what an elected official does. But, um, look, yeah, so but getting back into all that, so, um, yeah, we we know now that that he lied and he repeatedly lied, and the family has said he's lied. Now, the mother yeah, told detectives she wanted both men in the video charged, adding that what McLaughlin did was, quote, all wrong. She said it was painful, hurtful seeing the video. It was really hurtful, and I'm angry. An adult should do the right thing. No, he did not do restorative justice. That was what I was reading on ABC News. That's when McLaughlin mm. said that. Um, she said, but he never spoke to us, and I want to know, when did this happen? Now, apparently... As McLaughlin says, I did restorative justice. I was in touch with the parents and the grandparents. They didn't know about it. And even Mm -hmm. the police didn't tell the mother, apparently, or the parents about it. Um, Yeah, um, and then she said, look, one of the things I read was Jeffrey, the mayor, said he was there for the child's welfare. If this was the case, why was he squishing him and not telling the other man to stop threatening to kill my son? Mm -hmm. The man also said other things, but the mayor said nothing to make him stop. How could it be a citizen's arrest when he's squishing him and pinning him to the ground? He's just sitting on top of him. Um, yeah, and she said, the way I heard my son crying, saying, please, please, no, please stop. I want him to be sacked as mayor, and I want him to be charged. and he doesn't deserve the job. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah, look what he went to the other people. Now, we know that the video was filmed by uh, a neighbor named Suzanne Green. We also know that the other man in the video uh, was a guy named Graham Kirk. Kirk's the other guy yelling and uh, right.
2: threatening
1: yep. and,
0: Yeah, so he now, uh, would he try to make contact with him? Couldn't. <laughs> uh, spoke with. Any
1: word why he was so outraged
0: by it, Chris? <laughs> well, this is what I still, I still do not get, Pete. I still not get why he's more angry that the mayor's house was broken into. There's something else going on here, is what I'm right. saying.
2: Right.
0: And we still don't know all the facts, really, or the truth about this. Is that, that it happened on August 21st? Yet yeah, why is this guy mad? Was he? Mm. I, I don't know, and I won't, you know. But something's gone on there. So Woody tried to to reach out to him. It didn't get him. Uh, tried the son as well, who I don't think got back with any comments. Of course, they were upset about the video coming out. Um, Anyway, he told the Australian on Tuesday that his father, this is uh, Graham Kirk's son, Andrew Kirk had told uh, the Australian that his father, Graham, who was in the video, had regretted what he had done, but that he was, quote, angry, frustrated, and fed up with their home being broken into and crime in town overall, adding his father was interviewed by Alice Springs detectives on the weekend. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, more from the family saying that, uh, McLaughlin's lied about this. Um, you know, which, you know, I guess takes us into the, the, the point that we're at now. And I mean, just to sum up, we've got this, yeah. this shocking video, um, that's been denounced by, uh, national bodies. I've uh, got yep. people calling for human response.
1: rights groups, the whole bit.
0: Absolutely. You've got um you know, you've got people even in Tennant Creek who were protesting and uh wanted his resignation over this. Um, yeah, and now um you know what what's gonna happen now? Where where does this go in terms of uh the local government minister coming in now? Yeah. We talked about this before, the one that I'm most familiar with, because I covered that, was when Palmerston Council was uh, dissolved, and that mm. was over some dysfunction there, and some really questionable contracts and things going on. Um, uh, the, uh, the minister at the time was Jerry McCarthy, and he came in and dissolved them, rather quickly put in a, a special administrator special manager, and uh, they they eventually were just run by one guy until they went to the election, the general election, no, and that's a whole, a whole other story, which I think we'll get back into another time, but how, you know, this was all leading up to that. And we've, we've, well, we've talked about it for many times here um, mm-hmm. about all the dysfunction there and the, um, the, the uh, people uh, quitting, resigning their jobs, making allegations against the former CEO and that the mayor was ignoring serious issues that were being raised. Um, now, and you remember at one point it was like three or four of the counselors just quit, like late last year. Yep. And the reasons given weren't really out there. Was well, there were no reasons given. Now we've come to understand why at least one of them did, and we know and you know that they've got to be connected to the dysfunction, the ongoing dysfunction that was there. Um, yeah. So Woody had spoken to uh, this formal, former former uh, council member, Noel Hayes. Now, he quit council because of its dysfunction late last year. Woody did reveal that earlier this year. Uh, he called on uh, local government minister, Chansey Paik, to sack the council following this latest controversy, but of course also in connection to the other stuff that's still going on. And then the question is, you know, really what's what's Chansey doing right now? He's come out pretty hard on it, but only once in the NT News where he said, um, you know, that... Uh, uh, it was disgusting, or ever he put it the video, and that it was unacceptable, and he thinks that, that McLaughlin should consider his future in local politics. But since making that comment on Saturday, he's done nothing. He's kind of gone to ground here. And Now you've got yeah. Noel Hayes. Now, Noel Hayes, who was the former councillor, um, he is also the real grandfather in the cultural sense of the boy. Yeah, so it was interesting because he was really upset in the last story there uh, about McLaughlin claiming that he was the grandfather, and he said yeah. he's saying this stuff is completely disrespectful to us. Why would why? And he said, and I get that he's you know trying to cover himself at this point, but this is completely disrespectful. Now, meanwhile, he's looking at the big picture here in all cases, and he says, look, it's got to be that um, uh, the the, 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 gov- the government has to come in and disband them. Dissolve them," he said. That this investigation report remembered that that was the whole thing. All of these allegations of mismanagement of dysfunction um, was all given to the government, or the and the, they'd seen complaints. There's even a, a something in here: a bungled investigation of a sexual harassment claim made by a young woman in a remote community. The mayor was also accused of breaking the confidence of staff, complaining against the CEO, and failure by members to investigate workers' complaints. All of these problems and all these people even was given government. Government brings in this outside law firm. Now, as we talked about before, that report gets done, but that's it. It sat on, and it was supposed to go to counsel McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> McLaughlin, um, but McLaughlin seems to be the one who buried it. He said it would be public, and then it goes away, and nobody's commenting on it. So now Noel Hayes is saying, "Look, um, they don't want that coming out because it's pretty damning." He said the bottom line is the government's at fault. He said that man. Uh, McLaughlin is still going to court for his charges. It's dragging on. The government, like I said before, doing nothing about it. The government are not doing anything. They're just sitting back. They're probably just trying to let it fade away.
2: Mm. He
0: said, me, I'd like to see Barclay Regional Council again. I'm going to repeat myself. All of them people in that place, all the council members, that council should be disbanded, all sacked, and they should have another election because that is the only way you're going to clean that place up with that man there. Um. Yeah. So uh, you know, and then I mean, but you've got other people. Yeah, national people can call him for for uh, McLaughlin to resign. He seems to be standing firm now. There are reports that he uh, he's on some sort of extended leave now. Which, remember, they say for only people who are doing the most awesome of awesome jobs.
1: It, yeah, unlimited, too.
0: So, uh, yeah, so he's gone. So we don't know what's going to happen. But, um, look, I can tell you that people are talking again, of course, about what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And it may be a case of it's either McLaughlin or everybody, right? Does McLaughlin yeah. stand up and do the right thing here and uh, and resign? And, and I, I mean, it should just be for the kid in that incident. But he's got so many other issues, and like I just said last week, that guy—you can't be making accusations of police conspiring against you in the town, the town's police, when you're the mayor. Do it, yeah. get out of the mayor's chair and make whatever allegation. You might even be right, like that, be whatever. I doubt it highly, but but you got to do that as a as a private citizen. You don't do that as a mayor because you're you're compromising the integrity of the mayor's office, which he's now done again with this video. Um, and also the police and the public's confidence in the police there in town. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I think police told other media was that they were bringing investigators from Alice Springs up over this video. Um, right. To investigate because of apparent conflicts or perceived conflicts. Yeah. So, anyway, that's kind of where we're at. They're calling on the government. Look, Chancy and files are sitting still here. Uh, flat-footed on this as much, and and maybe they're arguing about things. We know that they've disagreed in the past.
1: Um, a few other fires to put I mean, out too, Chris? Uh,
0: yeah, and uh, but now, like, you know, you, you would think this is going to come up. We've got Parliament next week if nothing happens before that. But, um, uh, look, it really is. I think Noel Hayes has a point here when he says the government has, uh, you know, uh, the responsibility to come in here and sack a dysfunctional government is not just yeah, over that. that but at least
1: investigate it anyway. And say, I mean, yeah. this is
0: like the crack smoke in mayor of Toronto. I think about that 10 years ago. Like, you know, and yeah, he yeah. wouldn't resign and it was like, oh, my God, and everybody lost their mind. It's just, yeah. and and the reason is, is that when you do something that's outside of community expectations, that so, you know, you respect the office enough to stand down. And do that, and let this investigation happen into what happened with the kid, and maybe the kid was a dangerous, violent offender. Um, yep. But let that investigation happen. You can't be in the office while that's going on. Again, while this other investigation, and well, now we know it's uh, yeah, he's in court on the other charges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter if like oh, but what I'm doing is right, and people believe in me, and so no, like what you've done is outside of the law. You know, yeah. allegedly, whatever, but this is not in keeping with the law of the land. And so you don't get to stay in a, in a position of leadership in the community until yeah. that is resolved, and then you come back. Yeah, so look, Pete, I, I don't know where this goes from here, but something has to happen. It can't just linger on like Noel Hayes says, because that that's really gone on for 18 months or so when they really should have sacked them before it got to this point. And then look, if it's some dude, Wrestling a guy, a child, well, it's still wrong, but it's not yeah. the there doing it. And then the police can investigate that too. But
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe the young fellow was just a budding local horticulturalist who was just looking to mm-hmm. do some gardening in the area. You know?
0: <laughs> well, and here's the thing, Pete, on that is that, and I, I didn't get to finish this stuff because there were so many other issues to get to. Um, I still have a very serious issue with the NT News reporting that this child had FASD. And we talked to the to the family, to the mother, what he did. And the mother said, No, absolutely not. She categorically denied that now. They violated a lot of principles journalistically and, and reporting on a minor's health conditions right. with, a, one, seeking permission from the parents to do that, and, two, even trying to verify that what they were saying is true. So we sent questions to them about that. Yeah. They've ignored it now for two days. I guess they're taking files, called them, yeah, yeah. Don't you don't have to respond to them.
1: That made you. Uh,
0: this is a, their new editor, a young woman named Melanie Plain, um, we, we sent to her said, look, why are you running this? Like, wh- who told you? And I don't want you to give up your sources, but you kind of, if you're going to make an allegation like that, at least say, what, unnamed mm. sources told you to get a FSD? Why would you report that? It, it completely defies common sense yeah. and decency to report on a child's uh, medical condition when you can't verify. And you didn't even ask the parents for permission on this. Yeah, now, true. look, that's a whole legal thing that the parents can bring up with the NT News, but I, I I'm just shocked at how and look you know who did make it was it the government what's it mm. was it mclaughlin who made these allegations and they just ran with it thinking oh yeah, yeah we can report on a minor's health problems and issues
1: has it related way? to what? the issue anyway
0: yeah well yeah yeah look i don't in their minds who knows um it's it's problematic though it really is and um you know, and is it a is it a, an attempt to demonize the child and all of this as well, too, like another attempt? And then I'm like, but who's doing this? I mean, yeah. look, we know that the issue's bad. A kid's breaking into places. But like I said, we just get back to that's not how you handle it. And in that situation, there were other things that Jeff could have done that were uh, way more appropriate for dealing with the situation. He chose Absolutely. not to do it. And, um, and then it seems like everybody, like I, I still don't get why Files can't come out and criticize him over that. I get why people are frustrated and then are you giving the nt news like information private health records on the kid to protect like Um, i don't know man it gets really disturbing in there that this is a a, a clear-cut case of the guy the guy resigns he's under investigation the police have already showed up they're interviewing everybody in connection even the other guy in the video his son is saying that oh he regrets what he did and the police Mm -hmm. have talked to him um mm. we'll see where this goes, but something has to happen and clear the air here. But then meanwhile you've got this underlying stuff going on there with council, so I don't yeah. know if it
1: mess It is. And just to clarify, Chris, is that um plain spelt P L A N E or P L A I N? Well,
0: I think it's uh A N E, yeah.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, look, I don't know her. Um, I don't know why she thinks she doesn't, she shouldn't respond to other media. She sent me questions, I respond to her. But anyway,
2: exactly. um,
0: we'll have to take it up with News Corp higher-ups and uh, we'll get some answers then.
1: And Just another question before we move on to the next story. I did notice in one of the stories that you printed that the local government minister uh, was referred to by his full name as Chanston. Was that mm-hmm. some sort of a wind-up or uh, what's going on there?
0: Uh, that is a question best directed to David Wood. Okay, um, yeah, look, no, I I think that's his name. He just put his name in there. Yeah, it is his name. Just- yeah. Yeah, I was just no, I know whether... I'm the editor. I didn't change it. Woody had that, and I thought, yeah, well. that is his, I think that's his email address or something. Yeah, fair enough.
1: That's, yeah. that's a formal name. It's just often not referred to as that, so I wondered <laughs> whether that was uh, Mr. Woody Woodrow being very formal? or <laughs> <laughs>
0: It might be. I don't know. But, um, yeah, but that is his name. But, yeah, the, the disappointing thing is not responding, and, and that kind of became the issue on Friday, Pete, was we were thinking like, oh, he's going to respond here, or this is going to get messy, and I guess they just decided they couldn't respond to us we're the only ones who had the story woody broke that story um and but they couldn't respond to us and then they just they didn't know what to do mclaughlin seemed to recalibrate after being caught off guard and lying and then what came up with this other set of lies that he would do but kind of threw the government into it by blaming it on the the youth crime epidemic um, and did that, yeah. is that the reason? That, but then files to say, yeah, well, we understand why people are frustrated. Well, you did it.
1: Man. Yeah, we understand.
0: Um, it's still just, no excuse for him.
1: You needed to put in brackets after that, we understand why people are frustrated, in brackets, with me.
2: <laughs> 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 I, mean, I,
1: I still find that the most staggering comment. Yeah, it, it anyway. is. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next story, because this really plays into all of this and more, Chris, but... Two former PMs have come out this week to describe the NT as a failed state due to the chronic failures to deliver even basic services. Chris, please discuss.
0: Fair comment, Pete. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've been calling for this for, what, two, three years now, but, Mm. you know, two... I guess what you could, look, if you're going to be partisan, all right, you can say, well, they're liberal, so there's, there, there's <coughs> a certain slant. But, you know, certainly in one of their cases, I think you could say pretty level-headed, uh, you know, was, in, was prime minister for a record amount of time for that side of politics and elder statesman, yes, I think you could describe him mm. as that. So for mm. them to come out and say that they haven't done it, you know, flippantly, let's put it that way.
0: That's right. Uh, that's right. They they would know, and Howard, of course, with the intervention, and then you know, and then like you see, this is the whole thing where the NT, you know, and I get this idea of it becoming a political football, as Foz likes to say, but only because of the confusion around everything, right? So one, you bring up the 2007 intervention, Pete, and there's a lot of raw emotion still in that from Indigenous territorians. Yep. Who, who think that it wasn't right. So that becomes like a, a thing that people don't want to broach or talk about or why it, it happened. And that becomes a political thing. And then what we can't talk about the fact that the NT was so screwed up that Howard had to bring it in. But then it's like, you know, you talk to any labor Um, a member at the time who was like, oh, was all just political stuff. Well, no. I mean, we'd seen the reports, right? So that becomes a political thing. Now, today, when they say this, now, I wish it was under circumstances where they've just read the NT Independent (laughs) for the past year or two and, and and made those comments because that's real. That's what's happening. This is part of the voice stuff right and they're they're throwing this around in discussions about the voice like you know which i I think a lot of people just we've had enough of and it's good that'll be over today um one way or the other and you know that's what i'm saying however people are going to vote on that it's fine but um I want that gone because, you know, or we move on from this because yeah. we've got to deal with the Northern Territory and its issues. And when they say that, it's true. Now, in the sense that that, that Howard meant it was that, um, you know, it continues to fail in its delivery of basic services, which we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, education. In this case, the Australian, of course, a series of reports, the excellent series of reports they did that showed the NT failing in education, um, police, you know, safety issues, we know. People are afraid to sleep in their own homes or, or go out to the shops. Um, yeah. And so many other health issues. Uh, uh, yeah. And just how they take the money and misuse it. Right. And these guys know about that, but you know, they didn't do much uh, when they were in Well, I guess Howard did, but I remember Abbott's uh, term in office here. He knew what was going on, um, but they didn't, they didn't do anything. Most yeah. of what these guys are talking about are things that, that that they've known about, but they talk about it after they were And I just remember wanting to get a liberal prime minister once when I was at the NT News and ABC, and I'd be in press conferences with them, and I would get comment from time. Um, I think we had Abbott and Turnbull and Morrison um, just comment on the NT, and I was feeling apropos of nothing else, just that you're you're funding it blindly almost you're giving them a bunch of money and they're screwing it up and they're not spending it where it should be now you get into those issues of the intervention or the voice and stuff and indigenous people are probably well they should be the most outraged with how this has failed them because this money this closing the gap money Pete. right like i mean this this is money that the that the feds give the nt and the nt spends it on the water parks and stuff and (laughs) we we've gone over this issue right or they claim you know because uh uh, indigenous incarceration, right? You know that eighty-five percent of the prison population is indigenous. That's indigenous spending to yeah. hire the bureaucrats who are working yeah. in offices, yeah, yeah. you know, managing
1: the corrections. Two hundred and fifty grand a year, white guys running the place.
0: It's so broken that that we need we need these real leaders and statesmen, as you say, to come together and try and fix the place. Like it's all good on that. Like you know. Uh, I just found it frustrating, and they had the uh, Katie Wolf had Rolf Garrison on this week, and um, she was quick to cut him off. But Rolf had a good point, and she just wanted to end him before he got to criticize the Northern Territory. And what Rolf Garrison was saying was that the federal government does have a role, a, a responsibility, in why the NT is so screwed up too. And when he was saying that, and I was thinking of another thing, too, that the whole infrastructure deficit from when, you know, self-government came on, we were never going to be able to catch up with that. And the way the roads are and everything, you know, in remote areas, I mean, we're just not going to catch up with that. But he was saying, like, the, the, you know, that the government hasn't, the federal government hasn't overseen these things. And then I think he was about to get into the NT government and how they've mismanaged it. But Katie Wolf's like, yeah, right, then, okay, well, I'll
2: tell you what
0: you know, whatever she says. And it's like, <laughs> who is this talking? And, and then she said, okay, so the feds are wrong and they're just scoring political points. I don't think they were scoring political points in this. They're absolutely right. They were talking about the voice and I guess they were trying to say the NT has been unsuccessful um and haven't been able to do anything. Is this what would happen if the voice comes in? I, I don't know. It's not going to. I don't think it's going to change much here in the Northern Territory. The Northern Territory will continue to be run into the ground yes. until until the federal politicians get involved to the point. And and maybe they will. Like, look, I think melandry McCarthy and and um, you know, they seem to have the ear of the Prime Minister. Perhaps they can, you know, tell them this place is really messed up, and we need this. We need this, and let's see what happens this weekend with the voice mm. um, referendum. But I think that, that we've got to do things better here in the Northern Territory. And they're right, it's a failed state, but it's a failed state for a lot of reasons. I think we got to get to the bottom of those and fix them. But, you know, I, at the end of the day, to me, it comes down to the people responsible of governing this place. Of course. They're getting the money. They've got to make the right decisions. they got to know what they're doing. of course, they'll say they're not getting enough money, and they, they aren't, Pete. They probably aren't, but how are you going to give more money to to, to mismanagers, you know, who can't manage that money properly in the first place and spend it politically? And, like, the CLP will do the exact same thing. I'm not Correct. saying that later Correct. is on its own. We got to this. This was a concerted effort by both
2: major Yeah,
1: we tried the hardest.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to screw the NT the over, and they've done it, and they've done it tremendously, both
1: yeah, of them. they've done a great job. When, when you consider that the Fed's, are responsible for the debt. It's just unfathomable to me that.
2: Yeah, well, yeah.
1: again, we talk about this situation we've got people who, uh, you know, they're they're just unequivocally unqualified to do the role. And mm-hmm. again, I hate to be quoting the chief minister the whole time, but along with the statement that I read out for the last story, I, I was really gobsmacked by this following statement that the Chief Minister made in response to uh, both Tony Abbott and John Howard making the comments they did. And to be honest, given that they're both out of politics and former prime ministers, I didn't take the comments as politically motivated at all because neither of them have really any interest in saying it from that perspective. But we are not a political football and we're tired of being used as one comment to me. Almost just a lazy statement. Let's just go to the old well that we always go to. And then I read this. Our government is working hard (laughs) to improve the lives of all territorians by growing our economy. Okay. Growing our economy. This is why we have an over $1 billion education budget so that's spending money, <laughs> yeah. a $1 billion budget for community safety. I don't know what that spending is. Spending <laughs> money
2: yeah,
1: yeah. and a $2 billion budget for our health services. I get spending that. money again, yep. none of which are growing the economy. So I <laughs> Yeah, that's right. None of that is. None yeah. of it. All of it's spending. None of it's about improving the economy whatsoever. And I mean, look...
2: 1,000
0: new homes in the bush. I'm not sure yeah. that that's even accurate, my friend, and that's I think right. the target was 3,500. But and anyway. it was too
1: even a number to be believable. Yeah. How many dollars?
2: 900. Thousand yeah,
1: <laughs> and look, I'm sure some people went out to the bush and and you know overcharged to the you know end of the uh, as much as they possibly could. And as a result, they've done handsomely well out of it. But I'm not sure that grows our economy. No. The, others, the other three things absolutely don't grow our economy. Absolutely. All they do is they come in on the spending side.
0: Yeah, and increase so. every year. And that's why, yeah, I put in on the, story that I didn't write, but uh, the NT's net debt is expected to be over $9 billion pushed it.
1: The fact that she turned up for the press conference meant she must have known what they were going to talk about.
0: Well, I think it was a few things that they just threw at her in this press conference anyway. It, was, it seemed like a really sloppy press conference and a lot yeah, of dumb, yeah. dumb questions and dumb answers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Leah said, uh, Fnachiaro, of course, said that she does not agree with Howard often, but that she did on his comment. She said, it's not that the territory is a failed state. And so we've got a failed government, she said. And we've had for many years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's self-government. Yeah, eighteen
1: the up. past 22, according to Leah.
0: Yeah, and then uh, two decades before that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, look, I think that's it, Pete. I just, uh, we are a basket case. We are a mess. It needs to be fixed, and but... You know, responsibility needs to be taken um, from all sides—federal and and yeah. territory—and and, and um, yeah, let's get something fixed here because it, it can't just keep going on like this, and losing money. And that wow. was I was saying. The other thing about the debt: nine billion, ten—like it's closer to ten, whatever I think now. Yeah. So, um, it was one point seven billion when Labor was elected in twenty sixteen. That's crazy. That is crazy. That they is really
1: went grandstand. for it, didn't they? Yeah. A couple of grandstands later and look what happened.
0: Yeah. 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 That's yeah. part of the problem here. There's so much wrong with the territory, but we got to get it fixed, I hope.
1: Yes. But meanwhile, Chris, on the other side of politics, in opposition right now, sits a a, a shadow of one wonderful, <laughs> wonderful political party known as the CLP. So what they did this week, Chris, they went, you know what? We're going to right the wrongs, and we're headed back to the Stone Age.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good
0: tie-in there, Pete. I like that. That's a nice segue.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) They they did indeed. They did indeed. They announced uh, former Chief Minister Shane Stone that will be the new president. He was elected by... uh, the party rank and file at a conference over the weekend in Darwin last weekend.
1: And I'll just stop you there, Chris, uh, in case you're just tuning in now. No, this is not the territory story from 1983. This <laughs> is the 2023 version.
0: Should make it all kind of staticky sounding. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no. Yeah. But look, this, this one was uh, interesting, uh, an interesting decision here, but look, Stone seems to circle around and he does his, uh, you know, high-paying uh, government jobs, and then he decides, uh, oh, I'll go back to the NT and I'll be the white knight. And, mm. you know, the last time we were graced with his presence was after the uh, 2016 CLP political bloodbath <laughs> where they were, you know, <laughs> yes. it, it's shrunken down to just two
1: all but decimated
0: yeah two members um and he came in and did the post mortem on that and uh, i think somebody asked him and I, I guess he had an impromptu press conference um and somebody said well did you uh implement all of your findings from that post mortem and he said <laughs> no nah, i didn't do that now nah, we didn't do that and then they asked well you're a bunch of good old boys Bringing the good old boy that. Ah, the good old boys are the good old boys because they win and I know how to win. And then, but then later at a different time, I guess he told the NT News, he said, uh, We now got a fighting chance to CLP because I'm back.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And it was like, Whoa, geez, man. I didn't realize you're running for chief minister again. I didn't realize you were pre selected that you're running as the leader of the party.
1: Yeah. But in his mind, that's a pretty limited 10 year statement, too, Chris, because uh, yeah, come August next, it will come <laughs> yeah. August next year if it doesn't go a certain color's way, then. Uh, yeah. The so well, wind out.
0: You know, he just, he does seem to have this kind of grand uh, impression of himself and um, thinking that, yeah, okay, he is the president of the party. Anyway, look, man, it, uh, we were talking just recently about the old ideas that they had that they were mm-hmm. recycling. And I had uh, said, oh, some of these were, were from John Elfrink. Well, and then Shane Stone comes around and makes me think, and uh, reminds me, <laughs> no, these are, well, I think he's the one who brought in the mandatory sentencing right. you know or mandatory uh whatever stuff like look these ideas here that um what was it the sense to a job thing they want to do the been talking about this again it's it's like just look at the facts of whether or not it works. If they don't have it now it's probably not working. The other the mandatory alcohol rehabilitation was terrible. And and like every expert will tell you you're just not gonna rehab people. Yeah, They brought that back as part of their platform. All of this stuff now the thing that you're going to find funny, Pete, on this, and some of the, like I said, all of their recycled ideas, and we've talked about that, that they have nothing new. And they think that they're going to win on crime alone, right? We know mm-hmm. that. And look, we've got Parliament sittings coming up two weeks. I'm afraid six days of question time are going to be wasted with them talking about <laughs> crime over and over. And like, okay, we know that you're trying to drive it home. We know in a bad place here. Do you have any alternative solutions except these recycled ideas? No. Yeah. But here's what Shane Stone said. Stone said, it's the economy, stupid. That's how we're gonna win, he said. Uh, uh, yeah, everything's got to be about the economy. So 50 now,
1: billion by twenty
0: thirty. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably will do that. And but like I told you, like that was the funny thing is that that um, Files has done is almost outmaneuver the CLP on being you know, on the economy more. Not that she's accomplished anything, but I think back of her speech at the press club in Canberra where she's where she evoked Thatcher and said the territory's yeah. not for turning and talking about this middle arm pro- Like where the hell if a labor leader's evoking Thatcher, where the hell does that leave the Liberal? <laughs> the Liberal leader, right? Like yeah. Yeah what are they doing what, what sleep like how do they say that they're okay more pollution we're going to double the pollution at middle arm <laughs> because we got going to get more money like it's going to be interesting like i it's not no one's going to yeah. win here no none of us directorians are not going to win
2: mm-hmm.
0: but um anyway yeah he's back we'll see what kind of trouble he gets into um Remember, it's funny because the party—the party's had like now four leaders in a year, four presidents, I should say. And we shouldn't mix mm. up that, that. The leader is Leah Fanacchiaro. And she herself just recently uh, defeated a no confidence motion brought by a members <laughs> of the party. Uh, so that's cool. Um, she defended bringing back Stone, highlighting his experience as chief minister from 95 to 99 and his experience as president of the federal Liberal Party. She said, so the party membership decided that he's the right person to lead us into the next election. And I should stop there and just wait a second. Wait, actually, you're the one supposed to lead the party to the next election. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, you remember that uh, Stone got out of things when he saw the writing on the wall back in 99. Things weren't looking good. And I believe it was Leah's um, father-in-law who then took over and led the CLP to its first defeat in the Northern Territory in the (laughs) Labour Party, starting the 22-18-year of run that they've had here. So um, anyway, she continued on here and said... uh, uh, it's an exciting time for the party. Okay, uh, to gear up and show territorians that we take putting their safety first, that we want to make sure we have a strong economy and that only the CLP can lead the territory uh, for a better way forward for our future. Right? A
1: that, that, that comment doesn't seem connected to electing a new president.
0: Yeah. well yeah i know i know and uh we were talking about cognitive dissonance <laughs> she also said this that she can't go anywhere without people talking to me about him and he has that ability to connect with people on walks of life nobody and i need to stress this nobody's voting for shane stone
2: <laughs> yeah. nobody's
0: voting for shane stone here as much as his old ideas and the you know yeah. The self importance and the good old boys' routine and everything. But, you know, and I, and I, like I told you on the other, on the Newsbites thing was that, like, look, some people are happy. There's a lot yeah. of old guys out there who are like, hey, there's a real conservative. He knows how to get things done. Well, what's he getting done here?
2: Yeah. He's Bringing double, some
0: old ideas and he's not
1: wrong. You said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We'll wait and see that. But <laughs> yeah, this guy's not doing anything. Anyway, they announced a couple of, um, you know, but he's not running. Like I you're not voting for Shane Stone.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't
0: know I why even they th- they want people to think that they're voting for Shane Stone. Well, I, I, think,
1: I think Leah might have done something very smart here, right?
2: Because
1: yeah. now she's put him out in front. So regardless of the result, it's uh it's his problem.
2: So. oh
0: yeah and I and I think he <laughs> and I think he said oh we're all behind her now you guys talk about that now everyone in the party's behind her but I wish somebody had said if well, I do known." and I I did send them an announcement why't I know about this I accept that it just kind of happens for the moment I accept that but I will show up hopefully so again we'll we'll get to a chat um yeah about that uh, like well why did so many people in the like, why did she lose so many? Why Why has she been unable to connect with voters here? She's lost so many by-elections. Like, I've never seen that. You've seen that, Shane? You ever seen that, Shane? Yeah. And just see what he says on that. I mean, it would be complete nonsense. Oh, everyone's supporting her, and she's just got to get out there more. I don't know. I don't know. This is, well,
1: everybody in the CLP is. Yeah. I think that's more the comment. Because yeah, well, the, okay, yeah, yeah. by-election-wise, they've lost every seat. Territorians
0: uh, are not. Yeah, she's failing yeah. to connect with territorians. That's what I mean. Yeah. And then they yeah, could yeah. say, Oh well, the CLP's behind her. Well the what does that matter? If you can't bring anyone else to the party, you're not gonna win. Yeah. And I mean lower case party, like the, the yeah, election yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, the yeah. government. Um yeah. Yeah, and look, I don't know, we got two weeks of, sit, of of sittings, as I said, coming up, so we'll see what happens. Be interesting to talk next week on how this goes and we start to see look, we're we're it has turned over to October. We're ten months now.
1: Correct. Oh, yeah, from the election. Like
0: so um yeah, so they gotta really start doing something finally. Just,
1: just tell us something beyond what we already know. Uh, you know, but but beyond the recycled policies, just anything new. Because I think The fact that, you know, I made that comment before about the disconnect between um, sort of publicly announcing who the new president was and then just started rattling off we're the only team that can lead, everyone's bored of crime, we we can grow the economy. It's like, (laughs) hang on, where'd that come from, you know? You can't just roll into that every time. No, no,
0: no, no. It's going to take more, so we'll see, we'll
1: Uh, see. All right, let's move on to the next story, Chris. The coroner's in the news again after she creates a gag order uh, for the media against reporting criticism of her handling of the uh, Walker coronial inquest, amid calls for her to recuse herself. What's happened?
0: It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable what's happened here. She's um, she has she's put out a, a, a media gag order preventing us, well, me, I guess, I'm the only one who's reporting this but (laughs) of criticism about her her performance uh, leading this inquest into the death of Kuman Jai Walker. Now, we've seen this and we've had problems before, um, you know, with the suppression of that information or that that material that I was talking about earlier, those coronial reports. There was no Mm -hmm. reason for her to keep them. Under this uh, order uh, for eight months, she released them some time after when she thought no one would care and basically they didn't care. It's only, you know, we were able to expose much of it, but even we didn't have all of it until we got those. And then we started piecing them together and realizing some things were, were being changed in those reports, which is interesting. But what this is, is... Uh, an application order made by uh, lawyers for Zach Rolfe asking her to recuse herself on the grounds of apprehended bias. Now, the details of this is what she suppressed from being reported. Mm-hmm. This is the crazy part. Like, you cannot do that. I don't know. Like, this is when I saw that, I'm saying this is just she is just stopping the media from reporting on what they may have some very valid points here. Now, the timing of this was all weird too, though. right? It was filed Uh, The application last Friday, the ABC on Monday evening reported that the allegations of apprehended bias centered around this two day visit to Uendamo, which had been reported on before, which was very strange. Uh, This is when uh, last November, Armitage and Peggy Dwyer, council assisting, took part in a yarning circle and traditional face painting by community members while also visiting what they're called a memory house where Walker was shot and killed by Rolf. November 2019, of course, after the officer was stabbed in the shoulder by uh, Walker. During the visit to Uendamu Armitage and Council Assistant Peggy Dwyer heard from community elder Ned Hargraves. This has all been reported before, but we understand, maybe see, that uh, this is in this application that uh, Hargraves said at the time that justice for the community would involve spearing the legs of Rolf, called for his blood to be spilled, um now armitage and dwyer at no time said anything about that like rebuke that and say yeah that's not how we do things here and mm-hmm. just um so you know uh this is how things happen um now the uh, i guess they were there to listen to the community they would say but the, the face painting thing i think everybody when that happened was like "Ooh, you know uh, this is going too far when the the they, they, you know, the coroner needs to maintain a certain distance from everything. Yeah. Um, that visit was very strange still. Um, now, the ABC, despite quoting a couple of lines that appeared from the application, that the had file claimed it did not have the documents and was basing their information on sources with knowledge of the application, right? So keep this in mind. Now, that is bizarre that they quoted it, it i still can't <laughs> understand this like if you're gonna say sources don't quote the material <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's just unbelievable but like it's like almost like this was all worked out pete and then tuesday morning of course armitage knows after abc runs the story and it's late at night it's after their their television bulletin um that people are going to be making calls around and trying to get information and trying to get said documents. And so then, first thing in the morning, the, this uh, suppression order goes out, this non publication order, MPOs they're calling it. Uh, um, now, this was an interim non publication order preventing reporting details of Rolf's application um, to have her recuse herself. Now, this thing has already dragged on for more than a year with no end date in sight. Um, it was supposed to resume, I think, next week, uh, like the 23rd of the week after next, um, but uh, might not happen now. She may actually have to recuse herself. Now, what's going to be interesting in a Saturday uh, when everyone hears this is that on Friday, they, it looks like the submissions for all the other parties are going to come in. Um, from what I understand, there's some interesting takes on things and, um, we'll see when it's released. It'll probably be sometime next week and we'll get to talk about this next week. But, um, (laughs) just so, you know, we know what, what, what also is kind of being looked at here is that, uh, lawyers had requested access to transcripts and recordings of parts of that coronial visit to Uendamu in which they were not president, um, yeah, we we guess that they haven't received those, or that some things right. have been redacted, or altered, or changed. That's very strange. Um, and then, like we said, the the, the failure to release the public Proctor coronial reports would show just you know um, a lot of issues with this. It, it didn't seem like you know when we've talked about this inquest as it's gone on. I, I think we were all willing to give it, you know. Uh, affair like you know just go ahead and do what you need to do because we all want to get answers on how this happened but it seemed very early on that, that, yeah. that this thing was taken that they had an agenda that they were working on that wasn't getting to what we all needed to know about the police failures it all seemed like it was being pinned on certain people in a group and it was it's so much bigger than that so mm. and we know that we've reported that we've exposed that already so now um yeah look it, it the inquest uh, continues to drag on it was uh, commenced in september of last year it was due to conclude by last december
2: <laughs>
0: here we are now in the middle of october <laughs> Sure. uh I'm talking about this still um now uh following that story that, that we published where i think we're the only ones who mentioned the non-publication order to be um yeah. after we published that the courts issued a statement late tuesday night at 9 30 and i saying that the coroner's intention quote unquote um is to lift the media gag order expected to occur next tuesday after all parties have made submissions but i understand the submissions are due on friday which means she's right. taking some other time if it's going to be next Tuesday. So, um, yeah, the inquest was set to resume the following Monday. We don't know, um, yeah, what's going to happen at this point. But this is pretty serious. Now, the other thing is if she chooses not to recuse herself, Rolf's legal team. Have the option of uh, putting in a stay application with the Supreme Court, um, and the courts then would would have to have a look at it and would prevent. I think that would then delay the uh, inquest from resuming next right. week. Yeah, but hey, look, you know, this thing's just just never seems to be done. I think they're talking about like they wanted to do next week or whatever, and then sometime in February they'll do some more, and then
1: mm.
0: I mean. They got to get their act together here and get a date set for. Wednesday.
1: Is this an hourly rate of pay to do this thing? Oh,
0: but yeah. Well, that was the thing. The ABC then the next day reported that it was uh, three million dollars or something. That it's okay. the longest and most expensive. Uh, that figure is way too low. That, right. that reporter didn't look at that closely or factor in some of the other costs that would have gone into that. I think it's closer yep. to five probably, and that's just to date. And then you've got, um, um, yeah, all these other issues. And look, if she ends up where Supreme court decides, and she ends up recused or being kicked off of this thing, they have to start over again.
1: Oh God.
0: <laughs> so, you know, like it's a mess. It's a yeah. this whole place. It's just falling apart, man. I, every week I hate to come here and, and report this every week, week after week. But it even seems like the judiciary just can't get their act together, and then we expect them to. They're separate. They need to.
1: Yeah, we, we need
0: a functioning we, judiciary. We need them. Come we on. don't need. Yeah, people uh, just do your jobs right, and nobody can seem to do that in these very important jobs that need to be done right.
1: Correct. Correct. Well, sticking with that theme, Chris, a former court's media liaison has been charged mm. with disclosing confidential information.
0: Well, yeah, disclosing information when you're a media liaison. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know the details of this. I remember Cynthia Thompson. Um, she was in that role with courts. We did send her questions, as we do, to the courts. She responded uh, with a professional mm. relationship there. So, yeah, a bit surprising when we heard that she was uh, – Upon charges here, uh, she appeared in Darwin local court here now this week, uh, charged with disclosing confidential information and publishing the name of a protected child while in the role. Not sure that she had, I, I didn't know that she had access to publishing presses, like printing presses, or even online that she could publish. out did she published
2: yeah.
0: something. Um, anyway, uh, Cynthia Thompson faced court on Monday, a uh, matter set for a hearing later in the year. Uh, the, the, I guess that will include evidence provided by four N.T. police officers and the executive director of justice services, Chris Cox. Uh, details of the alleged crimes were not publicly aired during the brief mention in court on Monday, so we don't know what the details are. Although it was revealed that a, uh, an interstate judge from New South Wales will be brought in to hear the case, given Thompson's work in the N.T. court system. A full witness list, and this will be good, is expected to be confirmed next week. So we will will know more than that, but um, yeah, yeah it, it's very unusual, right? And it's kind of got the same. Smell That's what to I it. thought.
2: Yeah,
0: it's got the same smell to it as uh, remember there was a uh, a media advisor for police in, uh, yes. down in Alice Springs who got yep. charged and um and that didn't go anywhere. There's there, there's a lot of these what seem to be malicious prosecutions, and, uh, and I'm I'm just saying that there's others on it. you know this one, whatever. We'll see what happens, but there seems to be a lot of people, disproportionate amount of people being charged who are in roles in government agencies where their role is to provide information to the public. And I'm thinking about that girl in Alice Springs, and that was thrown out of court, right? They had no case. Um, You look at, well, then you had somewhat different, but um, the Channel 9 reporter last week was charged with impersonating a police officer And that was thrown out of court because they relied on one witness who didn't understand English very well. And it was like three words.
1: And it was a joke.
0: Yeah, it was like three words that that were said. And the judge said, like, how did you even bring this to trial against her? Like something is going on here, Pete, in this judicial system in the NT where these media related or connected people are being charged with things. And we know, like I started this thing saying that they've investigated us. They've tried to lay charges on us. Yeah. You know, they tried to get federal agencies to 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 do stuff to us. Like this is this stuff is all very chilling on our democracy when we have people who are engaged with providing information from the government and then put up on charges because and they, they call it unlawful or confidential information. Well, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of training is the government doing to protect confidential information um, from being released? I, you know, from these people, like, yeah, anyway, it's just, the, 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 the whole thing and what's gone on here recently and just look at dpp i mean they've got a fail The i was
1: just gonna say about the children's commissioner yeah was...
0: yeah and rolf and um all kinds yeah now there's channel nine reporters thrown in there you got the the media officer down in alice springs for police you've got yeah. a lot of others where they're being humiliated almost on a weekly basis i'm uh, yeah, not yeah. getting the prosecutions, and but then being questioned by the judges, and like, why did you even do this? <laughs> why are we here? Yeah, I, I, there's yeah. something, there's something rotten here, Pete, but anyway, we'll see what happens. We're gonna keep, yeah. keep watching them.
1: All right, let's move on to the next story. And OM Manganese has been fined half a million dollars over a 2019 Butu Creek fatality. I hope I said that right, Chris.
0: Yeah, well. As far as I know, um, mm. Hutu yeah, Creek, that's what Sounds I was That's Sounds like saying. a Hutu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, near Tennant Creek. Um, yeah, four years ago, $487,000 fine. I don't know if you remember this one. It was uh, it was pretty bad. This wall collapse at the mine site uh, on this worker, 59-year-old Craig Butler. Uh, so the charges were brought. It was like, you know, the way they had it set up, it was all. I do remember seeing vision of that at the time, and it was mm. Ooh, this is not good. So this uh, wall collapsed, yeah, on August 24, 2019. Um, so the company, OM Manganese, pleaded guilty uh, to a single charge of failing to comply with its workplace safety duty, which in turn exposed workers to a risk of death or severe injury. The company was also ordered to compensate uh, victims of 1000 bucks and pay into work-safe costs of 193000 So So... Um, uh who was it who said here uh judge thomas and opie said tragically the worker died at the scene the debris extended across the pit to a width of 80 meters two other workers uh, were located in dangerous proximity but were not physically harmed um that's good because yeah he was trapped uh, uh, Butler was trapped under hundreds of tons of debris while supervising mine workers excavating manga's manganese ore in an mm-hmm. open pit at that butu creek mine um making an assessment after workers had earlier seen sediment and rocks dropping at the pit's southern end wall, he went down there and uh yeah and everything fell on him Gee. so terrible uh nt uh work safe uh was saying that it could have been avoided if the company had implemented all the recommendations made by specialist consultants they had engaged for the main mine's uh, safe operation. Um, yeah, In the days leading up to the tragic event, uh, O.M. Manganese uh, was aware of instability in sections of the pit. Had mm-hmm. they implemented previous recommendations, uh, the pit uh, should have been closed, and no workers allowed to enter until additional monitoring had determined the extent of the movement of the wall. That was from uh, Peggy. Uh, Chong over at uh, WorkSafe yep. uh, so yeah she's calling online operators to learn from the tragic incident and make sure that uh, all recommendations made by consultants for safety are implemented of course do not put operational efficacies before the safety of your workers she said.
1: Yeah completely understandable. Terrible case and um, as you said hopefully they'll learn but also other companies sure. will yeah. deploy safety that they should for, for workers.
0: Yeah absolutely.
1: All right, let's move on to the next story. As we said at the top, Chris, Mango Madness season is back. Don't we love it? With extreme severe heat alerts issued by NT Health, as to build up, just kicks off and rolls away, or oh, rolls in.
0: <laughs> you know, like, I think we've done these, and like, people just get angry. Like, the, the mango madness is brought on when NT Health issues extreme severe <laughs> heat warnings.
1: Exactly. They're
0: like, God damn it, we live in the NT. We know it's hot. <laughs> That's right. Why are these, these people telling Stick us?
1: Speak of you confirming at NT Health. <laughs> damn it.
0: Yeah, but they did. They said they've issued these alerts, of course. Now, They've got watch and acts. I didn't know this for, you know, high temperatures. As we said here, unsurprisingly, high temperatures continue to persist in rural areas this Mm -hmm. week as the buildup takes over. Um, But they have issued emergency alerts for Parkha, Berry Springs, Uh, another urging residents. Maybe this is for visitors. Maybe this is for people from down south, I don't know, to take necessary precautions to avoid heat stroke and becoming dehydrated. They also issued a level two, I, I don't even know what that watch and <laughs> act alerts for severe heat from today until Saturday uh, for Acacia Hills, Adelaide River, uh, Belle and Florence Falls, Howard Springs, Humpty Doo, Nunuma, uh, Tiana Falls, and Wangai Falls. Cool, Lincoln, Surprise Creek Falls uh, are also under a level two watch and act, wow. which could be extended. For a day,
1: yeah, the old anyway, watch act. I think that means you've got to have your esky ready at all times, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> well, empty health advises that, and also to stay in air conditioned areas if possible, and seek out shady areas with the breeze. Do they really need to tell people
1: this? Uh, I, empty health say to stay in air conditioned areas. Meanwhile, Power and Water have sent out a issue a warning of their own, saying. Please don't use air-conditioners
2: to yeah. bring the grid down. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: That's coming.
0: That's coming. So, okay, well, yeah. then we'll just practice this. Let's find shady areas with the breeze. Let's decrease physical yeah. activities and drink cold water. Well, I think beer. If you
1: know what the build-up is, right? There is no breeze. That's the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And water oh. means beer. But, uh, oh,
1: breeze. I mean, come yeah. on.
0: Use fans and damp towels to lower your body temperature as well, Pete. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, now, the signs of the heat stress include tiredness, headaches, dizziness, fainting, confusion, leading to poor decision-making, muscle cramps, thirstiness, infrequent urination, and murderous rage, which are also <laughs> symptoms of mango madness. So congratulations, <laughs> everyone. We're
2: here.
1: And they're symptoms of people with multiple children, <laughs> <laughs> symptoms of people dealing with the NT government and...
0: <laughs> That's it. And then we just get to see, like I'm talking to you, and I'm feeling it. I've got the sweat on my neck. And, you know, it's hot out at night yeah. now. Now, we, we did get some rain and speed. And, yeah. Um, yeah, surprisingly, pretty good. Mm.
2: A quick jobs late at night and one during the day. We had to wait. Yeah, it was about
0: 10 10 minutes good soaking. Just, uh,
1: just to lull you into a false sense of security before the humidity goes it,
0: <laughs> And that's it. And that's where we're at now this week. And uh, uh. it's going to continue. So.
1: All right, we won't uh, linger on that one too long because we don't want to make we don't want to get people outraged at the conversation. <laughs> um, finally, Chris, before we move on to the job of the week, the uh, star started the warm-up concert. That's what it's called, the warm-up <laughs> today in Alice Springs. Because so in Alice
0: Springs, it's just getting warm. <laughs> that's right. It's <laughs> <But> up here. It's
2: <laughs> beginning to warm up. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, yeah, this is a new new event that they're putting on. Paul Kelly will be there at the warm-up concert at Anzac Oval. That's this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. So our friends in Alice get down there. That's a free concert. Yeah, Yeah, that's a free concert. It's pretty cool. Now, uh, it's one year old from the Alice Springs Masters game. So uh, I guess you can start registering for that event. Get all the information you need there um sports on offer will include swimming cricket cycling go-karting and dart competition i don't know if that's then or next year or this weekend but uh there'll also be melbourne states melbourne based uh, performer steph strings will open for paul kelly there's also the nt's own james range band will be there james Uh,
2: range okay
0: yeah uh, other other entertainment on Saturday there includes uh, games, Seattle Springs Reptile Petting Zoo, AFL activities, face-baiting, mechanical surfboard, mini-golf, and a podium photo space.
1: And if you really want some entertainment, head into the CBD after midnight.
0: Well, that's it, Pete. And um, that's why I think, like, you know, when these things happen, we got to promote them. Um, Absolutely. And, get people, and I'm sure that people in Alice feel that way that, like, yeah. hey, this is a positive thing. We're all going to show up for this because yeah. we need more positive things.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: And um, yeah, and you hope that the trouble stays away and that even mm-hmm. the, the troublemakers go and, and take part, right? Keep get them, their
1: attention for a few hours. Yeah, keep them distracted
0: yeah. on something positive. So. Nothing
1: like a bit of Paul Kelly to her daughter, you know, get you entertained. <laughs> that
0: might be. That's right.
1: All right, Chris, just hold there for me.
0: And now, it's time for the Job Files, thanks to no one in particular.
1: Speaking of gifts to keep on giving, Chris, it's the the Job Files Job of the Week. And Chris... I don't mean to uh, increase your rage levels to 11, but, you know, this is just what happens on a weekend.
0: We, we just got done talking about mango madness, and <laughs> you're going to right. contribute to mine now.
2: Okay,
1: I'm ready. That's right. But I'm not going to contribute to it by uh, reading you the details of a newly put up position for the Children's Commissioner of the Northern Territory. I thought that would be a bit wow. unfair to do that to you. However, I will read about the global content manager's position. <laughs>
0: I love it already, Pete.
1: <laughs> the Department of Industry, Tourism and Trade are offering this little ditty pays $130,333 all the way up to $140,092. Mm-hmm. Why? I have no idea. It is an administrative officer 7 position, global brand and content services, and it's an ongoing role. The vacancy may be available in either Alice Springs or Darwin. That tells me they're not quite sure themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Subject to negotiation with the successful applicant. Well, I'm tipping I know where they're going to (laughs) go. Tourism NT seeking a global content manager to join the team in either tropical Darwin or the outback town of Alice Springs. Start your next career move with an adventure in the Northern Territory. Now, why that outraged me, Chris, was that tells me they don't even expect someone from the Northern Territory to apply for it because clearly they're saying, oh, this person's coming from down south, which I think is outrageous. Yeah. The global that's... content manager will be responsible for global content. And so <laughs> has strategies to showcase the very best of the Northern Territory to global audiences via our owned, that's a website, and paid channels with a focus of the Northern Territory consumer website, email marketing, and social media. Uh, if you'd like to apply for this job, you can call Alice, I'd say Bowden. But given that Sleepy Joel's got the same surname, it's Bowden, <laughs> yeah. possibly a relative, yeah. global brand awesome. and content director. So you'll be answering to Alice oh, tipping if you get this job. Give Alice a call direct because she wants to hear from you. Her number is 8999 or you can email alice.bowden at nt.gov.au. Hmm. You well, you uh, on that one if you want
0: well look no I mean I, I'm going to keep my mango madness and check myself here I'll show sure the restraint Pete. but um two things that come to mind <laughs> one
1: <laughs> just how many content managers do we need?
0: <laughs> yeah. And and what effect are they having, right? <laughs> I mean, you're more effective when you tell the truth, anyway, right? That's how we've been successful at the NT Independent. We're just telling the truth. We're just reporting facts. We're just reporting what's happening. You they keep hiring. A
1: nominated people. NT Independent, I might add
0: it sounds pretty good you're right yeah. um but that's it like just stick to things and you get more people here and this is some touristy thing if you just fix the problems like we said but yep. here's the thing i think they got to stop giving people the choice yeah. of going to darwin or alice no guess what yeah. you're going to alice we're paying you one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars, and you don't know anything you're yeah. just at a university you know you've never been to the northern you're going to alice and you're gonna learn
1: you need an outback a, experience, my yeah.
0: friend. <laughs> and that member of the, the breathtaking experience. <laughs> Madison put it. When someone pulls a knife on you That's it. and the breath leaves your lungs in fear.
1: And we have several burnt out buildings that are available for occupancy right now.
0: <laughs> this is what I wanted to this is what I want to see. This this will make me feel better mm.
1: if
2: they
0: start forcing these entitled people who are making this much money for doing nothing
2: mm.
1: to
0: actually let's, let's forget forget spring you're going to Tennant Creek. Yeah. And you know
1: You can help Jeff.
0: Yeah. The yeah, all kinds of remote communities. Like this we should start we're paying people that much money. Mm. Uh we got stuff coming up about some other remote uh, councils, Pete, and you'll be just shocked at, at the amount of money that they're paying chief executives <laughs> up there and,
2: I'm sure, and all these I'm sure.
0: other people to work. It's crazy, and so I'm just saying, yeah, you're hiring these people. Get them in other places. Get mm. get get it spread. Of force them to do it. If Not that much money, yeah, because somebody young will do that, and I'll be like under 40, yeah. okay, I'll go to Alice for under.
1: I'll take an adventure, 000. yeah. And I'll tell you something else, Chris. I've said this before, and I'm actually going to keep saying it. I'm going to say it every week until i see some evidence that people are doing this take your 130 grand go and create some content of your own there's plenty of good people in you know uh, content creation in the territory video that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. Yeah, create some breathtaking videos of waterfalls at litchfield of waterfalls at kakadu if you want to take some video of Driving up and down the Stewart Highway, go for it. There's plenty of other brilliant places you can take video and photo footage of mm-hmm. in the territory and then pay for 50 gram worth of ads. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you get more freaking tourists from that than you will appoint <laughs> some bozo to sit somewhere and create your no, not,
0: not just one bozo on 140 they get dozens of bozos <laughs> on 140 and they're still not getting any any results so
1: and every week there's a new yeah. one being hired
0: <laughs> that, well that's what that's why you keep pissing me off because <laughs> <on laughs> you keep bringing them up but yeah i want to see that too i want to see results and just start being strategic about this like if you're going to be paying this much money you got to force them to do stuff for that you're going <laughs> to go and do other
1: things yeah i agree chris it's time for you to go and medicate your mango madness (laughs) sharpen your sticks and i'll catch you next week
0: great thanks Pete. we'll see you next week
1: that was chris walsh from the nt independent online newspaper the recently walkley award nominated nt independent we'll catch you again next week on the weekend edition of the territory story podcast in the meantime have a great week
0: You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition with Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. For more episodes, go to all your favorite podcasting platforms or head to territorystory.com.